Welcome to Solid Sound Bites. My name is John Yo, Season 3, Episode 7, as we celebrate our veterans thanking them. If you think you knew everything about Vietnam War and what the soldiers went through, well, think again. Our special guest, Tim Lee, and the episode begins now. Beginning our episode with a thank you. Today is Saturday, November 11th, 2023. It's Veterans Day. Thank you to each and every one of you who have served and who are serving now. On the phone with us today is a very special guest as we honor our veterans, Tim Lee. How are you, brother? I'm great, John, and I'll tell you, it is an honor to uh, be with you on this Veterans Day a special event, and I'm looking forward to having a good conversation. Same here, brother. Thank you for your service. Vietnam War, not an easy war, not that any war is easy, but that had to be hard back then, huh? It was a different uh, a different era. Uh, I uh, tell people all the time that once in a while people say, well, you fought the unpopular war. I said, well, really, no war is popular, and no one wants to get used to war, and and I, I really hate war myself, and I've seen the atrocities of it. But there are times when it's necessary to root out evil and to and to bring about uh, good. But Vietnam uh, era was the last war that we fought where we had a draft. And, and uh, so men were actually drafted and their, their lives turned upside down uh, to go fight 10,000 miles away from home in a little country in Southeast Asia called South Vietnam. Mm. And... Uh, was definitely a different era, and, and there was not a lot of gratitude. There was not a lot of appreciation when uh, when these men came back. I came back the sanitary way. I'm sure we'll talk about it in a minute, but I actually have roots to uh, Philadelphia there when I came back from, from war. But most of them didn't come back that way. They came back uh, uh, being called baby killers. Some of them were told, don't even wear your uniform at an airport. You'll be accosted. And had bags of urine thrown at them, uh, just a, a, a just a horrible way to treat. And all all these men did was put on a uniform and go do what their country asked them to do. And right. so they definitely definitely were heroes. But there were no uh, welcome parades, uh, uh, no welcome home. And uh, so I think in recent wars we have learned finally how to say thank you. And welcome home, and, and that that's a positive thing. But Tim, how do we address that though? How do we thank the Vietnam vet? How can we go about doing that better? My, my wife and I got off a, a plane on a Monday, coming back from Georgia, back to Dallas, and I was the last one off plane. Normally, I'm the first one. They put my my wheelchair in the closet. I I'm so uh, I, I'm 73 years old, but I get around better than most 35 year olds. So I I roll my wheelchair down to the plane. I get out of my wheelchair on my hands, my bottom, I fold my wheelchair, and put it in the closet right there next to the entrance door, and then on my hands, my bottom, I go get in my seat. And so I'm the first one on, and normally we're the last ones off. And so we weren't really in a hurry. Anyhow, we got off the plane. There was a gentleman there, and I saw him get off the plane. Uh, he was in first class, and and he was waiting. He said, I've been waiting for you to get off the plane. He said, you're a Marine. I had a Semper Fidelis uh, t-shirt on. And I said, yes, sir. He said, 
I just wanted to say thank you. I, and John, I, I actually teared up. I, I mean, I've been told, told thank you a thousand times, but this guy waited till the whole plane was was unloaded and then just to put his hand out, shake my hand and say thank you. And most of the time, that's all that's needed. Most of the time, most men, they know exactly what that means. It doesn't have to be a long, uh, flowery speech or anything like that. Just look them in the eye, shake their hand and, and say thank you. And uh, and of course, for our, our World War II veterans, they're leaving us real fast. And I tell teenagers all the time, if you're ever going to say thank you to a World War II veteran, you need to do it now because pretty soon they'll all be gone. And but, but I think that's a great way. And then, of course, you know, in, in these recent years, these Iraq and Afghanistan and Gulf War vets, I do think they received a lot better reception and they deserved everything that was was extended to them. I think we learned that. Amen. We are speaking with Tim Lee, a Marine. And on March 8th in 1971, talk about changing your life upside down. Uh, can you share what happened on that date? Yes, sir. Uh, March the 8th, 1971, at 1.30 in the afternoon, I was leading my Marines on a mine sweep. I've been on numerous mine sweeps. Only thing particularly different about this one is that a few of my men were fairly new in Nam, and some had only been there a few weeks. There was a couple just a few days. So I got my men together early and told them that I would walk point man. Point man was the first man of the squad, 15, 20 meters. Another Marine staggered out in that kind of formation. Normally, I would have been in the back of the squad with the radioman and the corpsman, the lieutenant, and uh, certainly not trying to be a hero or anything, but just showing the men about walking point. And we walked that morning without any trouble. Our jobs locate landmines. Rounds had not yet been detonated and to clear the area of those devices. Mm. And uh, we st we stopped to eat. My best friend in Vietnam was uh, Corporal Lee Gore. And uh, we flew to Nam on the same plane. John, he was a Christian, outwardly living for God. The guy loved the Lord. And I was, I was saved at a young age. But as a teenager, I got out of the will of God. I ran from the Lord. And my life was a mess. Well, the Marine Corps was certainly helping me a lot and uh, building discipline in my life. But he asked me at noon if I wanted him to walk point. He could have easily have done it. But I told him I would finish the day, and then on tomorrow, he would walk point. So we picked up where we left off from, and 45 minutes later, I stepped on a 60-pound box mine. It blew me several feet into the air. It ripped both of my legs off of my body. I should have been killed instantly. It was a big enough mine to destroy a Jeep. We had mm. entered a major minefield at the exact moment that I stepped on a mine. A South Korean Marine that was serving with us stepped on a mine, lost one of his legs. A bulldozer driver set his blade down on the mine. And now there's noise and smoke and chaos and confusion. And I'm in extreme pain. I was only unconscious for a couple of moments and I knew I'd been hit. I, John, I didn't know how serious it was, but I looked up in the midst of all this uh, commotion going on and midst of my pain, my head was laying in the lap of my best friend, Lee Gore. And Lee had big old tears run down his face. I can see it now as though it happened 30 seconds ago. And he's crying out loud, begging God to help me. He's not cussing the president or the Vietnamese or the communists, but he's praying and asking God to help me. And uh, like I said, I almost died several times. I was on a hospital ship for two weeks. They took me to the island of Guam 
where I spent the next two weeks, went from 187 pounds to less than 80 pounds. Then they brought me back to the States to a place close to you there. It was called Philadelphia Naval Hospital. I was on Ward 1A for eight months. If you're on Ward 1A in Philadelphia Naval Hospital, two things. You're number one, you're a Marine. And number two, you're an amputee from the Vietnam War. There were no Mm. private rooms. There were no semi-private rooms. It was a ward. 30 to 40 of us on this ward. Our beds are three, three and a half feet apart from each other. There's no privacy. You got a thin cotton curtain come between you. So you hear all the pain and the dressing changes and everything that's going on. But you know, John, I I wanted to live. I didn't want to die. And I certainly didn't want to become bitter. And I didn't want to become angry. I saw a lot of bitterness in that hospital and, and men shake their fists at God. But I wanted to live. And I felt like God had spared my life for a reason and a purpose. And here we are today, all these years later, talking about it now. And brother, we are grateful for you sharing your story, giving God the glory, being a point man in Vietnam War, and now pointing people to Christ. And that's a great that's the greatest joy of my life is to is to be able to tell people how much God loves them, how Jesus died for them and rose from the grave for them, and and to point people to Jesus. That is the greatest thrill is to see people come to Christ. I wouldn't want to do anything else with my life. And it's so evident in your life and testimony, brother. Check out his website, timlee.org. Do you find when you speak at different events that people are receptive to the gospel of Jesus Christ? John, I think there's a hunger today. I'm a harvest evangelist, and and that's what I focus on is getting people the gospel. But like Sunday morning, I was in... uh, Warner Robins, 46 people left their seats and came and gave their hearts to Christ. Last night in Nolanville, Texas, uh, 200 veterans at a special event and 15 of them prayed to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. She seems to be a hunger today like I haven't seen in, in, a, in a long time, perhaps mm-hmm. never quite like it is today. I think the Lord's coming soon, and I think people sense there's something going on, and, and people are turning to the Lord. Amen. Tim, do you ever come up this way to oh, yeah. uh, to share? You do? Yeah. yeah I've, uh, it's been a little while since I was in Philadelphia, but I get up there in that area. Oh, I'm going to say once or twice every two or three years. People watch my schedule. It's on uh, timlee.org, as you just said, or my schedule on there. And, and uh, we update it pretty regularly. And I don't know that I've got anything planned exactly uh, in the next two or three months, but There'll be something coming up, I'm sure. You know, I go to small churches, I go to large churches, I go to all size churches. So I just want to be used of the Lord. Amen. And that's why you're our difference maker, our veterans difference maker, because you just want to share the gospel message. Can I just, before we leave, hearing your story, what kept you from being bitter? Because there might be some people listening right now that are going through other things in their life, not as traumatic, but we become bitter. Yep. And that's what I focus on a lot in my messages when I'm speaking to folks that are going through trials and struggles. All of us are going to have trials. The Bible says in First Peter, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you. So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And then it's a matter of how you're going to respond to them. In that hospital for eight long months, uh, John, surgery after surgery after surgery, I saw Marines that were 
more seriously injured than myself, but they were getting out of the hospital before me. I had a couple of young doctors that uh, they really uh, messed a lot of things up with me and they were cut happy. And But I, I sat up in my bed one day, I saw all this cussing and all these people angry and all these people mad around me daily. It's 24 hours a day. And I actually did. It was exactly like I'm going to tell you. I sat up in my bed one day and I said, God, I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be angry. Help me not to be bitter. And mm. my wife would tell you, we've been married for 51 years now. My three children would tell you. My best friends would tell you. If my mom and dad were alive, they'd tell you. No one has ever seen me bitter or angry about what happened to me on March the 8th, 1971. I was just glad to be alive. We, I wrote my book, my autobiography called Born on the 5th of July. And the, it's, it's a direct opposite story of the movie Born on the 4th of July. And, and I didn't want to be like that. Real quick story, John, I was going through all these surgeries. They couldn't get the infection under control. They kept cutting, kept cutting, kept cutting. And then they come in one day and they tell me they're going to do a hip disarticulation. I don't have a clue what that means. I'm, they gave me a sedative. I was sleepy, so I went back to sleep. When I woke up, the kindness nurse that I had the whole eight months, I was there in Philadelphia Naval Hospital, was standing beside my bed. And she had tears running down her face. She was crying. And she said, Tim, do you understand what they're going to do on Monday? I said, well, I just assumed that, that it's another surgery. She said, oh, no. She said, this is not just another surgery. She said, they're going to take your entire right hip off. You won't be able to set up. You're going to have to lay on your stomach or your back for the rest of your life. John, I've never been bitter. But at that moment, I went to the bottom of the barrel. I went as low as I'd ever been. I went down uh, to the payphone. I called my mom and dad. I'm a 21-year-old Marine, and I'm crying. And I tell mom and dad what the doctor said and what the nurse told me, and now they're crying. And I'll never forget my dad telling me, son, we're going to have to trust God. And John, at that moment, that was the hardest thing for me to do. I just mm. wanted somebody to fix this. I just want somebody to make this right. Dad called the hospital and asked them not to do the surgery. They didn't have to listen to him. This is a military hospital. These are officers. These doctors are officers. But they canceled the surgery. Monday morning, there's a new doctor shows up at Philadelphia Naval Hospital. His name's Dr. Robert Bailey. Dr. Bailey was the doctor that performed the very first surgery on me when they brought me off of the battlefield to the hospital ship. And now he's been transferred to Philadelphia. He sees what these two young doctors have done to me, and he becomes infuriated. Mm. He takes me to surgery, doesn't remove anything. He simply cleans up my womb, puts me on a brand new antibiotic, and Within two weeks, I was discharged from Philadelphia Naval Hospital, and I've not been back to a doctor or a hospital for anything directly relating to what happened to me on March the 8th, 1971. John, as well as I know my name is Tim Lee, God sent Dr. Bailey to that hospital on that Monday morning. It, it, was, it was a miracle. And I tell people, God doesn't love Tim Lee more than he loves you. God has a plan for your life. And, and all you have to do instead of becoming bitter and angry, don't run from God. Run to God. Amen. Be sure to check out Tim's website, timlee.org. An absolute American hero. Being a point man in Vietnam War, giving his legs for our country, and choosing not to get bitter, but better. Choosing to be a point man for Christ. Wow. What a Veterans Day. Thank you, brother. You truly are a difference maker, and we are so grateful 
for your service for our country and for our Lord. Please a lot to me. Thank you so much. God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. Wow. What a special guest for this Veterans Day episode of Solid Sound Bites. Like it, share it, tell others about it, and be sure to thank our veterans. And if you're a veteran, thank you. Until next time, like it, share it, and we'll see you next time on Solid Sound Bites. Make your words count.